Welcome back to the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series where we explore the 12 pillars of mindful leadership that unlock your ability to create more profit, more focus, more productivity, and much more satisfaction. Let's jump in. So Eric, in this episode, we're going to be talking about relationships and influence. And it's really interesting because getting to know you and reading your book, I know that relationships are really, I would say, just a cornerstone of what you value in the world and what you teach in your in your courses and just the way you move through the world. Anyone who knows you would know this is a guy that values relationships deeply. Share with me a little bit about how you came to be that way and, and why you value relationships so much. Yeah, you know, and since I published the book or, or had written it, the Harvard came out with a study, a 70-year-long study, over 700 participants, and found the number one ingredient in happiness with long-term relationships. And it's what I've experienced in my life and with others, I mean, that have come through our program. And, and I just notice when people get to another level, it's relationships that they value. When they start becoming present, it's the relationships, the relationships, and the relationships. Also, having survived now, counting uh, COVID, five major downturns in my career, every single one, it's been relationships that's helped get me through it. You know, not using relationships, but it's just a natural, you know, the 07, 08, I write quite a bit in the book uh, of the Great Recession. There were people coming out of the woodwork helping me from different places. We came out of that with a with increasing our assets and increasing ourselves. And it was a nasty, nasty time to be in business. But we found opportunities through through that. And we found uh, financings and sales and all kinds of things that just came at us. When I say us, because it's, I'm in relationship here with partners at my business, that were just wouldn't be there if we were simply transactional. And a lot of those were relationships that we formed on nonprofit boards and being in the community long term or teaching at the university, all kinds of things that not why we did those things, but they generate a strong bond. And it's just stronger bond than, you know, ups and downs in the economy or stronger bonds of emotional you know, turbulence that we all have in our life. And I've also found, you know, I've had success and been all by myself. And it's empty. You know, I've traveled the world by myself. It's empty. And I've just found if I can, you know, traveling with my daughter or my, one of my sons or my wife or a friend from work or just a friend has been you know, that's where the joy is. It's not just it's not just what you're seeing and, and doing. It's who are you with? How are you sharing it? Who are you being? And business is the same way, you know? Sure, you get you a pile of money, you're all by yourself. I mean, that's no fun. So how did presence and focus and mindfulness start to impact the quality of your relationships? Um, it made them deeper. It made me slow down qu quite a bit and... and Listening, number one, I think the number one ingredient for relationships is listening. In listening, we all have a kind of conversation going on in our head of judgments, criticisms, I knows, 
They shouldn't. I don't trust them. What are they talking about? This whole conversation inside our own brain, if we can quiet that or set that aside and just listen to what the other person says and try to get them, that's the biggest gift that you can give to anybody. That's the biggest gift you can give to one of your kids or your spouse or someone that you work with. Can you, and it doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but can you listen without just fixing, without giving judgments, without making it related to yourself? Like normally when we listen to something, it's always like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened to me. Can we set that all aside and just say, Kristen, I hear what you said was, you know, you had a really rough day and this is how it made you feel. And just listen to somebody. That is the, the key to relationships, in my opinion. In my experience, not just my opinion. I mean, after years of working with this with myself and with others. And that's the richness in life. And it's, and it's not just people either, by the way. It, it's in relationship with nature, relationship with animals, relationship, just being in relationship. And, and, and that's being conscious of the other and seeing yourself in the other. I think about listening in the same way that I think about breathing, and that is that no one ever teaches you to do that. You just do it. It's just something that we just do. It's kind of like baked into our programming. And yet, as we're learning about breathing, there's actually so much more to know and experience and understand about this thing called this our breath. And I think the same thing goes for listening. So would you share a little bit about, you used the word, the phrase deep listening. Would you share a little bit about some things that we can tune into or that we can cultivate or maybe even skills that we could start to develop when we start to see listening is not just something that we automatically just do and you don't have to think about it, but when we start to bring some intention to our listening. Well, it's setting aside everything else for that moment. I mean, focusing on anything is a matter of setting everything else aside. I mean, there's a zillion things going on in our Training mindfulness helps us train our focus to fill our mind with what we choose to fill it with at that moment. So at that moment, I'm choosing to fill my mind with what you're saying. And and that also includes your emotions that you're doing it, your looks, your, you know, if you're closing your eyes or you're wincing or your legs are crossed or whatever, noticing body language and just really noticing the message that you're trying to deliver. And then we do a, a practice and it's, it's just recreating, is then trying to recreate what you said and, and, and say it back to you in my own words and say, is that what you said? No, not quite. You didn't get this. And then say, oh, now did I, did I get you? Yes. And that's often enough. It's amazing how many problems get solved just through listening that you don't have to end up being with dying people or somebody that's really sick. Just being there and listening with them is that you don't have to know what to say. You know, how can you know what to say? It's an indescribable, you know, time. Just being with somebody and listening to them and being present with them is all that's required. And that's all kids want from us. That's the spouse wants from us. Can we just be with them and not on our smartphone or in the meeting that didn't go well early in the day or in the event that we wish that we were doing, could we just set that all aside for a minute and just give them the gift of our attention? It's not just our time, not just being there in the room. It's can I give someone the gift of my attention? What did you see? It's the greatest gift you can give anybody. 
what did you see is the impact of that at, in your workplace with the people that report to you, with the other business people that you collaborate with and need to work with? What did you see is the difference that deep listening brought to those transactions, those relationships? Well, first of all, I have very few people that report to me. It's mostly partners. And where I see them on an equal footing, even though I probably have, you know, greater resources and have been more greater experience and all those kind of things. But at some level that we've just gained a trust and and uh, appreciation for each other that it's not uh that way, even if it's an employee employer relationship, I look at it that everybody's equal in essence. You know, maybe not in stature or hierarchy, but they all have the same essence of consciousness and not one is better or worse than the other. So, and people know how you view them. People can tell if you just feel how it makes a kid feel or a spouse feel or, or someone you work with feel if you're actually have this uh, feeling that you're superior to them. And you can have a higher, be higher in the hierarchy, higher in the chain and higher responsibility without feeling that you're better than someone else. So I think that that going back to way of being is just being that way in the world and noticing people and and caring that they're people just like you, just like you are, and just like your family is. And I think it's a huge part. Did I answer what you asked? Mm-hmm. Was there more to that question? I did. Well, I, my follow up question to that would be: You write in. I'm going to quote from your book. You say mastering relationships with presence is the key to life and business. That was another one of those parts, the circle, underline, highlight. I wonder if you would kind of yeah. break that down a little bit or just speak to it a little more. Well, with presence is a, is a, you know, there's other ways to master relationships through control, through manipulation, through other things. But with presence just means mastering connection through being with other people and being equal to them with essence. And being there for them as much as you want them to be there for you, right? It starts with being willing to be there for someone else. Do they have any doubt that, you know, when the crap hit the fan that you'd be there? Uh, in life, that's relationships. I, I find that's, I mean, who wants to go out of this world alone, you know? We want to we wanna have those loved ones around us at the times of our highest successes and our lowest lows. That's what helps bring us out of it. Um, and, and to have those people in our lives and know that we care for them and they care for us. And then in business, it goes back to what I just said. I, I just think, you know, there's ups and downs in business. And I find when the downs are, the relationship people are the ones that return your calls. You know, the transactional relationships that you have, that you did a good deal with them, you made some money together, blah, blah, that's all it was. I don't find phone calls get returned. Emails get, I mean, nobody returns emails in any regard, but phone calls anyway, <laughs> don't get returned. And you need to have someone to talk, and you don't need them to say yes when it doesn't make sense, but it sure helps you when they call and say, you know, no, I can't do it because, you know, this just can't, great. Now I know I can go on and do something else where they might say, hey, try so-and-so, you know, try this person. In business, relationships are the key to both success and happiness because it's still you. a transactional business which just yields you monetary results is em- shallow and empty. It isn't a job that's worth walking into. 
you're just trying, in my experience, I'm just trying to get the money so I can get the heck out of here. But I like to have a place I enjoy walking into that's supportive, that gives me energy. And then I take that energy home at night. I don't like, if I'm just in the other place and I'm just depleted when I come home. I'm just, you know, I'm not in the headspace to be with my family even because I'm so depleted from the energy sucking work that I've been doing. So can I find a way that my work, and I find it through relationships, gives me energy and then that energy I can bring home. Doesn't mean I'm still not tired, but I'm not depleted. You said something a few minutes ago, you used the word control, that, that, that we can master our relationships through presence. But I would assert that that most often when we're not paying attention, how we cre- try, we attempt to create influence is through yeah. control. Why is that? Why does that strategy influence through control or force, as you could say it another way? Why does that lack longevity, right? Or why does that in the end end up taking up so many more resources than? Because it's manipulative. It's it's manipulative. You know, it's trying to get what I want because I'm powerful. Now, there's another way to do it, and I write about this in the book, is through support. I mean, it's night and day difference if I say, well, you know, if you're going to get an education, I'd be happy to support it, you know, and do this. Rather than, you know, no, I won't do that. I'll only do this if. It's if then, you know. You can support things without being controlling. That's affluence increasing influence. But when I when I just I'm not gonna let you do this or that, I'm not gonna provide this unless you do this what I want for me. It's like this tit for tat world. Uh I d- doesn't mean I need to provide money for things that I don't believe in. You know, I don't just go out and say, you know, no, go ahead, you know, here's this, go do whatever you want. I still have boundaries and I say, no, I'll support it here if this is it, that's it. And I love you equally, like to a child. It, well, no matter what you do, but you know, I'll support these activities. And these ones, I think you need to go on your own. I don't find that to be manipulative. I find that to just be in alignment with my beliefs. And supporting somebody is night and day different than controlling them. It's not that they aren't tied in some ways, but it's not the same. It's not the same phenomenon, not the same feeling for them or for me. Is there a certain level of detachment from the result? that has to be blended into this approach? I mean, do you have to let go that sometimes things are just not going to go the way you want them to go? Even, you know, you'll risk not forcing and be okay with the way that it all pans out? Well, you know, I, I, it's not that I don't care about results. I mean, I'm a business guy. I run numerous businesses. I look at cash every week. I look at financial statements every month. We have a strategic review of every asset every quarter. And during those times, I look and take action. I say, okay, here's the cash position. We have to do this. Here's the financial statements. We got to get this straightened out on the monthly basis. Here's the strategic thing. And then I let it go to the next meeting. I say, okay, here's what I'm agreeing to do on the on the strategic plan. I'm going to call these five people, you know, and we're going to move this tenant in and do this over here. Boom. I have my list of what to do, and I let that re- I let that result go again until the next strategic meeting. Unless you know something urgent comes up, I'll I'll go into it. But that allows me to focus on the process, on the people in between. 
And yeah, I have to let things go. I don't control the ultimate result. I control what I put into it. I can control what my effort is, what my intention is, where my time goes. I can control those things. But the results I can't control all the time. I mean, sometimes I'm successful at that, but I have to be willing to let that go to find true success. I mean, I don't, I can't control it all the time. And often the result, if I'm aware, is better than what I wanted, but it just isn't exactly what I wanted. Like we've had a development, I can think here, we were, uh, Nathan, one of my partners came out and we were, came out of school and he was a project manager. We were trying to redevelop a sugar factory in Loveland. It was a blighted area and it was a passionate, you know, we're just going to clean it up. We ended up getting smothered on it. You know, we lost like a half a million dollars and we let it go. You know, it wasn't the uh, the cards weren't aligned, but that was just before the 0708 crisis. If we had been successful, the bonds wouldn't have been good. Would it, in the in the end? And then we took that knowledge we learned about urban renewal, tax increment financing, and we took it to Fort Collins, and we got a big subsidy to develop a major shopping center in Fort Collins. Is what we learned by letting it go and being open to you know other things. I say you learn something with everything. There's never a waste of time. You're always learning something if you're paying attention that'll help you the next place. So yeah, yeah. And that's how you cut off losses too. You let it go. You say, well, that's it. You know, I have to cut it. I have to let it go. If you're chasing those losses and refuse to take a loss, I think that's when you take a real bath, that you're not willing to let it go and then focus on something that's working. So we've talked about mindset. We've talked about presence and focus and relationships and intention and I wonder where flow factors into all of this. Most of us have something, some activity we're in flow with. Might be knitting. My wife, it's art. For me, it's snow skiing. You know, we have something where we're just in flow. Some people, it's reading. I in flow is the zone. You know, in sport, when my inside world and the outside world mix. You know, I have an inner energy and there's an outside thing and there's just one thing and I'm not in thought, I'm just in being. And it's just a, a seamless, timeless thing to it. And my goal for myself and our program and others is that people find that flow at work. I mean, what a, what a waste if I have to come to work eight, 10 hours a day, my prime time when I'm dressed and I'm you know, got my energy and everything, and I'm just doing it so that I can do something later. So my goal is to find that little bit of where I am in flow, where I'm in the zone, and then can I find, not all the time, I have to do things at work I don't want to do, you know, there's always things that I, I just have to do, but can I find places for zone, for flow in that? And, and flow is what we're setting up in a morning routine. Flow is yoga. Flow is uh, reading. Flow is meditation. It's gratitude. It's trying to put ourselves in a state of ease where we're not resisting, where we're accepting and not resisting and just being in it. And it's peace. It's happiness. It's joy. So yeah, flow, bring it on. I want to flow through life. And I can't all the time. You know, I'm human. I have things that come that irritate me and whatnot, but I recognize when I'm not in flow and I do the practices to put myself back in flow again. This is what I love about your work 
It's that you care about results. You care about profitability. You care about being a successful businessman in all ventures that you're in. But that that but what you care about more is the way that it all feels while you're doing it. Like that it really matters that you're enjoying this process, that you align with the relationships that you're creating, that you like the person that you're being when you show up to do the work in the world. I just am so inspired and just excited by your approach. I, you you must meet people constantly who give you a double take of like, huh, you're you're doing things over different time? over there. Yeah, I bet. You know, I'm an American. I do the right things after I try tried everything else, you know? <laughs> I tried everything else. It didn't work. I wasn't happy. I didn't I had turmoil in my family in other places. And so I kept going until, you know, I could get the results and have a way of being that that wasn't, you know, discontenting to me or troubling, you know. Uh, and I've just seen that in other people too, that you can you can do both. And, you know, candidly, if I had I don't believe I sacrifice results, but if I did, I would. I got plenty. You know, I'd sacrifice results for being happy. That's an easy choice. You know, and just think about all the people in the world that have nothing and are happy. You know, my daughter did a semester abroad at in Bhutan. Gross national happiness was their was their motto instead of gross national product. You know? Happiness is where it's at. Now I, I believe that financial resources can make you more fulfilled and happier and more access and make a bigger difference. So I, I, I believe in having it and, mm -hmm. and it's worth the journey, you know, it's worth the journey, worth the effort to get there. Love it. No trade-offs, just presence. Well, this is great. I love this. And, and next week or next episode, I'm, we're going to be able to talk more about how you bring people through this process, how you bring leaders through this process. Right. So I can't wait to talk about that. Right. Thank, thank you for today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Profit with Presence podcast mini-series. For more details about tools or links we may have discussed in this episode, and to learn more about Eric's Mindful Leadership Program, visit www.livinginthegap.org. Bye for now.